Ahoy hoy, Noiros! And ahoy hoy, Dan! Just good to see my old friend Dan and just Dan. After a month of special guests, we'll get into thank yous, but uh, welcome to Out of the Podcast. Another week, another edition, another film. Oh, I meant to call you Fancy Dan this episode. I was reading an issue of Spider-Man, and there was a bad guy called Fancy Dan, and I was like, I like that. That's a first. He's one of the enforcers. Uh, Yeah, he was real cool. He had oh, a lasso. Good. He would lasso people. He was very fancy. Fancy Dan. I'm into everything that you're Gentleman saying. Joey and Fancy Dan sounds like we finally got this sucker solved, right? Yeah. All right. Unless we hear otherwise, we're proceeding. <laughs> or if I forget next episode, tune in to find out. Welcome to the show. I, I guess the fanciness of me is is debatable, probably. I, don't I find you very... I fancy your fanciness, sir. Okay. You okay. do good work. And speaking thank of you. good work, thank you to all our guests for our last month, our, our freakish month out of the blue of non-stop guests we loved them all thanks to lisa to chuck film noir confidential to johnny and to you the listener for tuning in yeah thanks for sharing yeah it's weird not having you know a third person <laughs> truly and then yeah because we doubled up at the end you know it's yeah. been further time since we've done this and uh so it's nice it's nice to be back i Welcome feel back. very overwhelmed by life and even with this episode but i'm still happy to be here sounds like there's something more you want to talk about <laughs> I have plenty more to talk about. Do you? What are you waiting to? With you, you gave me a, a hint of a surprise pre-show. Are you waiting to do that, or is, um, there, is there a right moment? I don't want to take away your thunder. I feel like mine's pretty quick. I don't know. Uh, it's been a while since we've kind of gotten together, but it, so this actually came about. This is this is podcast relevant. Wait, so. Dan, let me open up this Red Bull before we get into that. Ready? Let me hear it. That was nice. Good. We so, all feel energized. Something that we kind of talked about a, a little bit with uh, Film Noir Confidential on that episode, like off air, like we weren't talking, like we had talked about, um, was a, a record that you and I have talked about that I've been wanting for such a long time and never acquired. Are we about it, to see Elizabeth? Oh, you're, oh! About see, you're about to see Elizabeth. Uh, wow. God, that's a beautiful copy from what I can tell. So, yes. Yeah, so the cover is um, and cover. Like the, sleeve, yeah. the, the sleeve is immaculate Ooh. for the most part. There's a little bit of sticker residue on the back of the top, but it's 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 light. Other than that, it's like it's like pristine. The record has some scratches in it, but it plays just fine. So wow. and I paid a whopping six dollars and fifty cents for it. Oh, so I, I feel like I feel like it was worth the, the gamble. <laughs> yeah, I'm having some feels and uh, it was great. I, I, awesome. I finally got it yesterday. I ordered it. Literally the day after we record, like the day of the recording of the episode, I yes, ordered which it we said was forever ago at this point. Yeah, yeah, and it finally arrived yesterday. So, nice, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, so I got to listen. That to makes it. me want to do that tape reissue with you more and more because we have a pristine copy to scan. We got the art is perfect. We just got to get a good audio source. It, exactly. So I, I mean, the audio is, I think, is pretty darn good. It's, like I said, it's got some, it's got some surface scratches, but I mean, it plays. I, I mean, need to Frankenstein as, a copy, you know? Yeah. But it sounds great, so I'm glad yeah, I, I that's finally good. acquired it. I, I love great record, great voice. singing voice. Yeah, just fantastic. Very smoky voice. Um. <laughs> Gotta love the smoke. <laughs> Got it. So yeah, so I've been I've been hanging on to that. So I was I was gonna I was gonna text you yesterday, but I was like, you know what? I feel like this is I, I don't have a whole lot else to. to don't go you love on. being a podcaster with your friend, and you're like, I'm just we're gonna change our friendship dynamic completely and withhold from one another until a certain time. And well, I'm let's hope this we you. remember. Well, I, I learned know, this from you. <laughs> trying to give good episodes to the people, you know, the sacrifices we make, Dan. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I, I, a lot of times I find myself being a little bit more candid uh, about things, you know, outside of the, the podcast world. But I felt like this one was, was relevant. So I like I when would. you 
I you drop a heavy hitter, especially with relevance. Yes. Because I'm about to do the complete opposite. I'm ready for it. We almost should have saved it, but I guess we keep them in here with like, oh, they're talking about uh, Fillmore starlets, huh? And then yeah. now let's go off into other territory. Let's go off. Well, I, I, I got a list of stuff I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. I know I talked with you about Nightmare Alley remake, having watched it, but I know the listeners may be curious. I, I see it's constantly discussed in all the groups that I'm in film noir wise. So mm-hmm. the topic is out there. Um, I have a little, I think I'm glad I talked with you first about it so I could get a little bit of that. Like, oh my God, this thing sucks. Mm-hmm. My tone hasn't changed. I just, it was a little more passionate. Now I'm just saying casually film reviewer wise, I didn't care for it. That, that's officially mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Um, Dan, just go ahead and stay away. Okay. I know you were intending to, you know, I'm just reinforcing that. Yeah, it's like, I, I like Guillermo del Toro. I've seen mo- a lot of his movies and in, in general, I, I'm I'm fine with them. But this one in particular, I was just like, I had a feeling I want to stay away from it. Like remakes, I'm usually very skittish of anyway. And knowing it to be a remake of, you know, a great film noir and knowing that it was probably gonna be a little bit more horror tinge, which I, you know, I'm it's not, not opposed it's not. to. It's I, not. That's what I was yeah. hoping for. Like that's the okay. stuff that brought me in. It's like, okay, there, I did see that there was elements there that could be enhanced. But it was just note for note, except for it was just like it had no teeth to it, honestly, which is mm-hmm. insane because this is a modern remake. You know, you could do anything. Yeah. And honestly, I, I just yeah, I felt like the original was so much more brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, so I, I just wanted to get that briefly out there. Uh, okay. The lads are not recommending it. Still recommending the original. I would recommend Although my problems with the original still stand as well. But I, I would say that seeing this made me like the original more. So there's mm-hmm. that do it for that reason if you're gonna do it i heard there's like a black and white version of it i don't know if that's gonna hit streaming i know it's like interesting doing like a small theatrical release but that would help the colors were non-essential you know it's not a particular people really thought it was a good looking movie i i just personally didn't see that yeah um, and i have taste so i'm gonna trust me but hey you know different strokes for different folks huh as yeah. you do i wanted to oh well I'll, maybe i'll save this for the for the last thing but um okay uh, well, I'll, I'll get out of the way. I saw the Spits last night, the world's greatest band. Oh, my God. What a great time, Dan. I went to Asbury Park. I saw where we had met each other at one time, uh, House of Independence. Oh, great. That's a great. We saw venue. the Get Up Kids there. Have you been to any other show there? It's the only one I've ever been to. That was the but... only one I had been to, yeah. too. But I was looking forward to this one, even as opposed to Johnny Brenda's here in Philly, which had sold out. And I saw a video of it and looked fucking nuts. But I love yeah. the, the layout. There's endless walls to lean on good sound there like there's just no bad spots it's a great venue so i was looking forward to to going there and doing the asbury thing it was a little bitter cold to really make a day of it but i've yeah still worked out and had a hell of a time so shout out to the spits listen to the spits yeah just just listen to the spits i mean Mm -hmm. if you want to turn off the podcast and do that that's the one time i'm gonna allow it but it's so quick they'll be back pause it and come back I, but I probably saw them play the most songs out of any band ever. And like the set was over in like 40 minutes. Wow. If that, it was great. They kept going That's like, good. we got two more. And then they just kept going. It was so funny, but the greatest good, band in the world. Good trick. They were all wearing trench coats, which was a nice, and they had this uh, skull, like wooden cutout mm-hmm. and they had strobe lights on it. It was, a, it was very minimal, but just perfect stage setup. You know, and it doesn't take much, Dan. How about that? I can see. Yeah. <laughs> One last thing, the music world's got new Beach House cassette. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a double it's a cassette. Double cassette. Yeah, it comes in a sleeve. Um, Sub Pop, I really thought they did a great job with it. It was 13 bucks, which is insane for a double cassette. You're lucky yeah. if you get one for that price. And uh, I like it. I, I, I've, I've only listened to the first uh, vo- or 
I know it's like four parts. So the first two parts, which I'd actually heard digitally before I decided to wait. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I have no new news to report other than speech house. They're a sure thing at this point. An institution. Oh. So shout out to them. Uh, and, you know, hey, here's an idea for maybe a future release with us. I really was impressed with the packaging. Cool. Didn't take much. That's what the theme is today. It doesn't take much. And I think that is a very apropos theme. Ancestry. I signed up for a free Ancestry trial. Yeah, wow. now we're talking, Dan. Do you know much about your Ancestry? Um, I know this is definitely going to be check the show notes to find out when we talk about the uh, movie because we're, we're chatting it up with the lads. Welcome. I was, was going to say, yeah, we're they getting fucking way know, off. Dan. I think every family has that like one person that's like super into genealogy of their own family. Yeah, who's um, that for you? I have an uncle. It's 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 usually it's like that one uncle. I, I have an uncle as well. Yes. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think it's I I do think it's interesting, but I I don't think I'm as into it as he is, but. Yeah, I know a little bit about my my ancestry. What what kind of peaked this for you? Like what? Brooke and I have been watching a lot of Finding Your Roots on PBS. I don't okay. know if you're familiar with that mm-hmm. show. Um, I am. Having mm-hmm. a great time. And she's getting especially super hype on like ancestry and is getting good information from it. And I know very little about the past families. Uh, you know, my mom's side is very German. Mm. Uh, so that ends there. And then also like we don't talk to to grandpa. So he doesn't have any information to offer. I barely know his name. And then uh, my dad was orphaned at six months old. And that was always a, a sensitive subject. So, oh, wow. It, was, it didn't really get to know much about the history. So I was like, well, let's see what we got, you know? And I, I didn't get to go too far back, but I found out a decent amount. Like grandpa was in World War II. So that's that's interesting. Hmm. And great grandpa. So they served and, and just seeing um, how they got to Connecticut. It was a little less German than I had always thought from that side. But my grandma on that side, like you could go pretty far back with her, like the Allens, which is my middle name, uh, finding out that that's where that came from. They got some history. I got back to like 1600. Oh, wow. Yeah. With them. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, nothing crazy. Like Brooks getting like related to William Penn and, you know, insane Holocaust stuff. But yeah, I mean, I'm just fascinated to know names. I'm happy to get that. And a couple more days, I'm going to cancel this trial and that'll be that. That'll be my interest in ancestry. But wow. for those out there, I say get that free trial. Super easy to do. You can cancel it and uh, get some free information about yourself. You might find something interesting. I didn't have much to go on, and I was surprised how far back I could go. On my dad's yeah. side, my mom's side ends pretty fucking quickly. I get my grandma's parents' names, and that's it. But that's mm. fun. Yeah. Clink. Something. Clink was her last name, huh? Like Colonel Clink. Exactly. Exactly. So good, good German last name, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Could have been a clink in, in another life, I guess. Then I, I guess here, I guess we're ready for it, Dan. We had talked about this and alluded to it before we became so guest heavy. We never got to talk about V. I, I, I'd like to. Did you get? Did you get to finish V? Are you ready to talk V? Oh, I did. I, I mean, I'd I imagine so. This. I know it's been, it's been so long, but I was like, I saw it <laughs> yeah. on the show, and I'm like, we didn't talk about V. What an ending, huh? On that last one. Yeah. Children of the future. I really huh? enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a fun time. It I, is. Yeah. I I don't need much from you. I just wanted to see how you felt about it. Yeah, me. no, I enjoyed it. I, I would recommend it. Like I actually was recommending it to a friend that hadn't seen it. So I think that if nothing else, the I think hopefully the word of mouth legacy will, will Truly. live on. It's a lot of fun. It looks great. Um, Warner Archive, of course. Um, yeah. You know, that's apropos. That, that, that fits. They did a great job. Just try out the first one even and, and take it from there, you know? Yeah, it definitely brings you in. Like watching the first one, like definitely makes you want to continue watching it. Yeah. Um. Gets a little wacky, but yeah, fun wacky. The, like, I, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking it, like, like, what's the word? 
it's off the rails, it. but it's yeah. like enough of an. It's it's a shame knowing what you had just come from, and even the the follow up, like it has its moments, but um, because yeah. too much has been in play to really fuck up. But yeah, I don't know how intent. I don't. I'm pretty sure I, that original ending was not intended from the uh, Kenneth Johnson, the creator. Probably um, not. But I couldn't imagine. It's insane. I don't want to give away too much. I don't want to spoil a you know forty year old property, but yeah, it, mm. it, it it's wild. Yeah, I just wanted to get into that. <laughs> well, I, I, if, if you, if you have any more, let me know. But I was going to say that I actually have a full circle way that we can close it up with film. Let's do it, later. baby. I was all so, done. I was saving that. Okay, so, cool. yes. Let's so, hear it. I'm also, I am wearing something that I got that's film noir related. Though. Oh yes, I, I, I don't get, know I get, why I didn't expect this. I get, to, I get to reveal it now. Ah, that looks better than the picture you posted too. Yeah, no, it, it's great. Uh, so it's it's a T-shirt for our listeners. It says uh, everybody's talking about Laura, and it is exactly taken from like it's essentially like I think it was re like drawn, but it's essentially taken from the the Laura trailer. Yeah, and uh, do you remember the company? Yeah, it well it's, it was through Threadless, but it was uh, her, her name is uh, Katie Gabrielle, and she has a lot of other film and film noir related artwork, and yeah, it's available on shirts and stuff like that too. So shout out. Nice. Um, I mean, I can't recommend Threadless. They're they're pretty evil with NFT stuff right now. But uh, that sounds great. Oh, are they are they with NFT stuff? Yeah, yeah, they're going they're going down. Yeah, uh, but great art. Hopefully, we could find another platform for them. Maybe you could get in touch, Venmo. I don't know. I guess Threadless is probably printing them though. That's how yeah. they get you. But we're gonna figure out this new world. We're gonna navigate it together. But it's a really cool shirt. Perfect idea. Very jealous of it. Yeah. No, I saw it and I was like, yeah, I need, I need to get And there's that. so, it's, like it's so hard to favorites. get film noir merch of like that kind of caliber, you know, like it's not right. really being done. More reason why I'm jealous of it because it's such a no brainer. And uh, yeah, just, just make it happen. Go, go check that out. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's it. I guess we're ready to do it, Dan. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been pretty curious because I, I actually messed up and I, I had to rewatch this movie because I watched it early, <laughs> too early before we were recording by like a week. Yeah, I can see um, how this one just it will go away pretty quickly. I uh, yeah, and I've seen it. This would now be like the third or fourth time I've seen this movie. So I, I've it's not like you know I've actually seen it a bunch. It's a long time coming. Yeah, this this was a, a dual package with the Big Steel, which we did during mm-hmm. our big month, of mm-hmm. course, the Mitchum Greer reunion, and this was the the top feature, illegal, the dramatic bombshell, <laughs> <laughs> Edward G. Robinson as the fixer, which he's never called, an XDA in the mob's pay. Definitely overplaying it a little bit, but we will yeah. get into it. Welcome to episode 60. This is Illegal. We're legally doing it, Dan. Released October 28th, 1955 from Warner Brothers themselves. No offshoots. We're going straight from the, the brothers' mouth, dual mouths. Was there two? How many brothers were involved with the Warner Brothers? I don't quite remember. It's a good question. Dan's um... going to find out while I tell you that. Lewis Allen directed this. You remember him from A Bullet for Joey a movie we were not that psyched on. Can he do it again? We'll find out. Based on the 1929 play, The Mouthpiece by Frank J. Collins. How many brothers, Dan? You look like you got it. You want to take a guess? Four. You're 100% right. Oh! Yeah, there are, there are four brothers. And of course, the the Warner sister. Died. Yeah, well, there's, <laughs> there's Harry, Albert, or Abe, Sam, and Jack. Wow. Jack Warner. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. There's always one in the company where you're like that you hear about him because he's the one who made some trouble. Screenplay by W.R. Burnett. 
you may remember him. He wrote a little bit of Asphalt Jungle, did High Sierra, some Scarface, Little Caesar, some mobster movies. You're going to see a little bit of that flavor in here. And James mm-hmm. R. Uh, James R. Webb, uh, he did How the West Was Won. Everybody loves to win the West. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Los Angeles. We're, we're in California and we get cooking right away. Great intro. We creep right into this apartment. You see a sexy leg. You're like, oh, what's going on here? Don't mind if I do. Lures us into the brief life of Gloria Benson. And she's instantly gunned down right before the credits. Great cold open. <laughs> Very great cold open. And then you're seeing the crime come in through the credits. You know, don't get too psyched, though. Things are generally going to cool off from here. The murder comes in over the wire. The police arrest Edward Clary for it. But despite his claims of innocence, they still bust him. I don't remember his deal. They're like, how is he connected to Gloria Benson? Do you remember that? They were dating, I thought. Okay. I thought it was like her boyfriend. Well, I guess we should also mention that it's played by DeForest Kelly of Star Trek fame. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was one thing I noticed, you know, instantly. Kelly misspelled, unfortunately. Well, was it? Yeah, they dropped an E from it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Typical. Yeah. Can only imagine what they do with my last name, Dan. Dr. Bones McCoy. <laughs> Hell of a name. But anyway, this case, it goes to District Attorney Victor Scott, Edward G. Robinson. He's deep in his career at this point. He's quite successful at sending guilty people to jail. He's driven to win. He always feels like an underdog, though. And also part of his crew, you get Chief Investigator Ray Borden, who is uh, played by an old friend of ours from Night in the City, Hugh Marlowe. And then, of course, we have uh, their assistant, Ellen Miles, who is Nina Foch. Her and G. Robinson, they have a very interesting, semi-bizarre father-daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, She wants it to be sexual. He doesn't really, he refuses to let himself, though, because of a deal he made with his mentor, who was her father, um, Mm -hmm. on his deathbed. He said, take care of her, which he has. Um, He paid for her schooling and Mm -hmm. has kept her close and, and given her a job. And she does good work. I mean, you know, it's not... She's, she's worthy of this job. He's, he's taken good care of her. Mm-hmm. And Victor is just a total pro at this point. But as we find out, he's pretty much on autopilot and he, he's pretty cocky when it comes to his skills. Uh, a hot shot, if you will, Dan. He, he's chosen his jury that he needs and he, he plays this room like a fiddle and he convicts Edward Clary to the electric chair. Uh, this is a big win. He's king shit. And he's even planning to run for governor. You know, classic things are going great. All is well. He's on a gravy train with biscuit wheels until dot, 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 the cops gun down. And I really want to stress, I love the gun downs in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, probably my highest compliment is the gun downs. They gun down this criminal and he confesses to that murder right as he's dying. Victor finds out he races to make the call and stop the execution. But this guy on the other line sucks. <laughs> he's taking his sweet time. He runs off to, to get the guy who to, you know, stop pulling the switch, but he's too late. And we see the lights flicker, which indicates execution. That was very cool. I, I, I quite enjoyed that. We should also mention that I also like how he has a car phone in yeah! it because, because that's how he originally gets the call because he's, he's, he's leaving the courthouse and that reporter's talking to him. He's doing and, well. And then, he, and then he gets that car phone, which I also thought about, like, you know, seeing it as many times as I've seen it now. Couldn't he have just called them to put a hold on it from the car then? Maybe only, he, have, he could dial in, not out. Who knows? I don't know. But he had to so say, because he really jammed that's, himself up. I would say that's absolutely a goof. There's one yeah. other goof that I specifically noticed, which we'll get into. Um, but didn't one, create tension. So I, yeah, I get it for, yeah. for the sake of the of the movie. But. There's a little bit of that. I mean, there's like a lot of like stuff that happens off screen. Like you don't even find out that this guy's actually sentenced to death. It's just all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, you're, you're going to die. And like, what? 
you know, yeah. like a lot happens off screen, mm-hmm. including, I guess, his car phone breaking or <laughs> exploding or whatever happened. But yeah, so this happening, this really sets G. Robinson off. It devastates him. He doesn't want to pursue the governor office anymore or even law. And so naturally, as you do, you turn to the bottle. I love drunk G. Robinson. Uh, best performance from him in the movie. Just my favorite stuff of his in the whole film. Oh, also, Dan, mm-hmm. I saw that this meme going around. I don't know if you saw it or if any of the Noiros saw it, but it was like someone had to talk about, I don't know if it was a meme, but, you know, just something gets shared. It instantly becomes a meme. But they were pointing out how, like, you know, remember when movies became, they were calling them talkies once, you know, sound was introduced. Mm-hmm. And how silly that sounds. And then someone's like, yeah, but motion pictures then becomes movies because they're just moving. Like, made me uncomfortable using the word movies now. Makes me feel a little silly. So I'm going to say film from now on as okay. much as possible. I'm okay with it. I hope that's not pretentious. It's just movies now being compared to talkies. It just sounds so like, ooh. I guess I, I never know. really thought about that. I never well, that really, and that's just yeah. it, Dan. I had never put it together. I never, like, cons- yeah. I could just take movies as it is, but... Yeah, they're just shortening moving pictures down. Yeah. Crazy. Lexicon, man. So I'm going to start a jar, a swear jar, where every time <laughs> I say movies, I'll put in a penny. Okay. I like it. Uh, and uh, I'll buy you a Coke by the end of it. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of pennies, but we'll see how many times I say it. Starting now. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's wasted. It's fucking lovable. Uh, Nina Foch tries to console him, but he only loves her like a daughter. So this does nothing to his heartstrings. He only gets drunker and tells her to fuck off. And, you know, go marry Ray. You know, he's super into you. So she's like, sure, good enough for me. Ellen and Ray, they go off and thrive. They keep their jobs and they have a new boss, Mr. Ralph Ford. Mm-hmm. He's going to come into play, as new you DA. can imagine. Yes, coming to play as a DA. I thought you were doing that. I thought you were about Mwah. to do that. Yeah. No, you're, you're there to finish these uh, sandwiches. So G. Robinson, he continues on his beautiful bender. He's trying to start up a new private practice for corporate clients, but all his old friends refuse to help him out and do him favors because he's just a stinking drunk now. He's so deep in the bottle that he gets into an altercation with the man and he punches him and uh, not his first sucker punch. Stay tuned. Yeah. He gets arrested and gets thrown in the drunk tank. And here's where we meet Carter and he's going to help Victor bounce back. He's been suspected of manslaughter for defending himself with a lead pipe, as you do during a fight with a prize fighter. So absolutely, as you do, because you ain't going to make it otherwise. Um, and they make it sound like a general melee. So there was other, a lot of other people involved. Oh, yeah. I mean, so. we're going to be some witnesses, too. It, yeah, yeah. It, it, it sounds brutal. It totally, you know, you're in a Los Angeles holding cell. Like, that, that can't be good. Yeah. And eventually, they all head to the courtroom for their pleas. And G. Robinson, he, he's inspired all of a sudden to defend clients, not prosecute them. He hears Carter's case, and he takes it on. And uh, it's a very fun trial once that happens. There's a witness on the stand. His name is Taylor. He's a, he's a bit of a big guy. Uh, Taylor Henry Kolke. Kolke <laughs> mm-hmm. is bulky, huh? Um, <laughs> and yeah, he's a big guy, Taylor. Uh, I believe he was another prize fighter. I mean, he's definitely hanging out with him. Could just be a gym buddy. Victor at one point had overheard Carter telling Taylor over the phone that he knows that he was knocked out during the fight. It may not have been during the fight, but he heard that he was uh, knocked out during the fight before that the death blow with the pipe had happened. So there's no way you could go on the defense stand saying like, oh, I saw everything. You you were totally knocked out. So Gene yeah. Robinson, it's like he asks him about that. He's like, oh, you, you know, he asked him about getting hit, getting knocked out. And Taylor's like, no, I'm huge. There's no way I could go down, even from a surprise blow. You 
No man like you can knock me out. I got an iron jaw. Not even if you weren't expecting the blow? Not even if I held up my chin like this and let him hit it. Well, that's all, Mr. Taylor. Thank you very much. And fucking punches him. Ah, oh, it's glorious. So good. It goes down so hard. And you know what? I'll allow it, counselor, but you better watch yourself. I better not find out that you're using a roll of nickels or anything. <laughs> I'm going to throw this man right to the chair. Anyways, he wins the case. He's on top of the world. That annoying Ellen girl, though, she now realizes she can never have this old man. And she goes all in on Ray. She decides to get married. And even Ray's like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> News to me. And at this point, also, we should shout out Miss Hinkle, the secretary. Got some good quips. Ellen Corby. She really, like, is in play from here on out. But she's been in the background a little bit. But she's quite astute as a secretary, as they often are. And she seems to know that Victor has hidden feelings for Ellen. And that's how you know she's good. Because me as an audience member, I I didn't see it. It just, it really felt more fatherly, honestly, like. It did. You could. You got the impression as the audience that it was more on her side. Like she was more interested in yeah. that romantically than than right. he was. That made that made perfect yeah. sense. But yeah, it was just like, oh, you like him too. You should have uh, taken advantage of that. It's like I don't think so. I know at one point, like originally, it was written that way, but then yeah. the the age difference between the two actors was like, all right, we better <laughs> tone this yeah. down a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, that, that was interesting, but. Uh, he, he's chosen career and success over love, and he's now going to get some seed money. So he takes a chance on a nervous fella and his case, Alan Parker. He's accidentally stolen $90,000 from his job, as he do. And he's got 60000 to give back. He's hoping that's going to make it right. But he's afraid of his employer, Art Smith, who is famously evil. He gets Victor to come in in a nice little scheme and, and gets him to sign a paper not to prosecute. Uh, he's like, oh, by the way... Uh, you're not really getting that much back. And uh, I'm only giving you 50,000. I kept 10,000 for myself, which, you know, that makes sense. It got to make some money here. I like that this movie feels oddly modern, like, like in the way that like in the buildup, but also with like some of like the weird, like small kind of quips and comedic aspects of it. Even if it's like not super, like it's like beating you over the head, like the whole thing where like he starts this very meager, you know, law office and it's kind of ramshackle and he's sitting there and, he, and he's like trying to pretend like he you know like he's busy yeah and like like and she's like and like you know hinkle's kind of being like hey i think we have a customer and, and you know they shove all like the the you know the the coffee cup and in this hole like in the the desk like they open oh the desk yeah up. it was like a full desk full of all these dishes yeah yeah that and was- uh, dirty dishes yeah like there's just these like little like touches that i think are really nice about this movie um and a lot of the dialogue's really good too like i, I really like a lot of like the and it, as we'll get on with, with some of the other characters you know in the more mob aspect of it that some of the quips that come in are are fantastic so it yes dialogue wise it, it, it's well written at this point he has a new alliance with ford he, he likes the cut of his jib but he also is like pretty pissed at how this went down <laughs> and even tries to be like hey you know what did you do but he's like hey this is all legal you know like this is uh as we do um, yeah it's interesting how he kind of turns it around of like that like you know, because he's basically flipping the script from being a DA, which he was, and, and he was like kind of, 
you could say like a quote unquote like for the good guys. I'm not necessarily saying that's true, but I'm saying like if anything, this reveals how there is no good guys. Right. But yeah. I'm saying from, from like the overall perspective, like how it's por- typically portrayed, like from that side of, of the the law versus like the other side where he's kind of you know, defending like these, you know, essentially criminals and using like his powers on the other side of the coin and like using it like underhandedly. Uh, for yeah, that, that the way. interesting thing is like how he it definitely like is an opportunist. He definitely is just yes. upgrading himself 100%. and, you know, he rebuilds himself and that stuff is, is definitely fascinating. And um, yes. yeah, like you're saying, the old, the old switcheroo, because yeah, now we have Andy Garth, who is a, a hitman working for a mob boss, Frank Garland, who's mm-hmm. going to be a new employer of ours, says, come to this apartment. Maybe we can get a new client out of you. Ray is actually there. Ray is up to no good, as we find out, mm-hmm. even though they seem like he had a face he could trust. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. He sneaks his way out. Well, I guess we should say that he's 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 like the investigator for the DA's office, but he's basically leaking information because he's on, on, on the payroll for Frank Garland. Yeah, so and, that's how we we kind of establish that relationship. Yes, and that will very much so come into play later. And now we're going to meet someone we've been waiting for. If you see the credits, and certainly how they seem to market the movie at one point, uh, Jane Mansfield, Angel O'Hara. I mean, great name. First yes, off. <laughs> classic, classic name is perfect. She's at a nightclub. You see her singing. Got to be a real voice, right, Dan? Can't be Bonnie Lou Williams dubbing that thing. Uh, yeah, I know a Lou Williams when I hear one. Yeah. I, I also like that. Uh, I don't know if you you caught this, but when they're kind of talking and he dismisses Jane Manfield and she's kind of like saying like, hey, like, what's up? And he's just like later. Uh, and that's all he says. And it made me think of like Mel Brooks in uh, History of the World Part One. Like, oh my God. Yeah. And like and like, you know, and uh, also uh, what's his name in uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights? Uh, Richard Lewis. It's like later, like that whole like, you know, like kind of tongue in cheek kind of thing. Um, but Add to the know, compilation. I, yeah, I thought that was kind of kind of funny. Um, but she's great. This is one of her earliest roles. And um, yeah, coming in strong. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, doesn't get too much to do, but mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, she has, she has some there's some interesting things we'll get into with her later on that, that I have that I think are interesting. Yeah. Um, interesting um, character. Garland also he has a nice art collection we'll get into that once we get into the fun facts but Mm -hmm. for the art historians out there you know give a peek there's some good stuff there and he wants Victor to work for him work for his syndicate despite having asked for that ten thousand dollars back but he's like no I don't want to be under mob employee I'm just doing my own thing things seem to be going well I'm rolling the dice and I'm making money and so there's a another case going on with Al Carroll who has been accused of poisoning his partner. And then so this case is that there's some real bombastic lawyer moves played by D. Robinson. The That's my favorite time. part of the movie. My favorite part of the movie is just like his, his, you know, <laughs> charades in, in the courtroom. Like just what he, like the little things that each time that like he does, it's like so fantastic. Yeah. And everything is just, that's my favorite part of the movie. Totally. And Ellen's like, Hey, there's poison here. We got poison. They're going to use it as evidence. And so Victor's like, all right, well, uh, let me go ahead and chug down this poison to prove that it's not poison. Yeah. And uh, all right, uh, they're going to call a recess. They absolutely do. And he's like, well, anyways, I'll be right back. Do, do, do. He's been checking his watch the whole time. And it's because he's got 45 minutes before this poison that was actually in there will kill him. He races off to get his stomach pumped. It's so much to put yourself through. Oh, my God. It, ugh. <laughs> yeah and insane and especially classic 
stomach pumping. This isn't even like my, I mean, even it's horrific now. We didn't really improve it too much, but. Right. Yeah. And the whole time you're also, cause you're watching him and he's trying to play it nonchalant. Yep. Like the whole time. Yeah. You're, just like, you're unsure. Like, yeah, he's kind of, yeah, he's dictating to, to, uh, to Hinkle uh, about, about something else with another case. And he's like walking out and like all the reporters are there. He goes, takes a drink for the water fountain. You know, he's, he's doing all these things nonchalant. He's like, Oh, you know what? I have an appointment. I'm going to go. <laughs> and then these two guys like right outside, just whisk him off to the stomach punk. And then we find out our old friend Garland, what's it? Garland actually yeah. comes he's- to thank him because the guy that he's defending was one of his buds. Yep. One of his guys. Hell of a party. He's got a nice empty stomach for it. I hope they're serving some good drinks and food there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he, he makes $15,000 from it. The remembrances. Yeah. I like that with like the flowers and the, and that, the kind of wordplay and, and you know, how he gives. Yeah, he's like, I don't know him. anything about flowers. I'm like, yeah, but you know about money. <laughs> and I also like, I mean, one thing I, 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 I noticed and there's this small scene at this party with Edward G. Robinson and Jane Mansfield, and she she got the job as the piano player and singer, and she's singing. And they both kind of look at each other, and they both kind of talk, and like they both kind of recognize, like, yeah, they're in the employee of this mobster. Like, they, there's like that kind of like they kind of notice, like, oh, you know, now you're in, like that kind of thing. Like, you know, yeah, it's in so many words. Um, well, and he's as he's becoming more successful, there's definitely more eyes on him, and right, yeah, everyone knows that he he's he's in the pocket of the mob, even if he doesn't believe it himself it's pretty clear to everyone else yeah and ellen is even like you know i i, I think this is no good I, I don't believe that you're doing this properly and also hey you know <laughs> my husband ford he's leaking information he's under garland's employ everybody's working for garland you gotta watch out for this guy well she doesn't know that yet um and and also she comes to to basically because she thinks that he's he's the leak or thinks that someone's leaking information to ever g robinson yeah, how he's getting information about stuff, and he, you know, denies it. Say, hey, I, you know, I got to do what I got to do, but I'm not getting it from anyone necessarily from there directly. So they're trying to find out, and they're they're assigning men to watch Ellen. Yeah, because they think she's the leak. Yes, and you know, she could be. She's yeah. certainly in the right position to to do so. And then uh, they're at home that evening. This is a great scene. He he's starting to suspect her. And he's like, yeah, let's uh, let's celebrate. Let me get the booze. He dumps it out, and mm-hmm. he's like, hey, who's been drinking all my booze? Damn cleaning lady, you know, like proud of booze. Like, I guess I gotta go get some. Yeah, and he's like, all right, I'll, I'll go. And then he makes a call, and she comes back a little earlier, and she listens in on the phone call, and then now she's like, oh, okay, yeah, she was. It is him working with Garland. Uh oh. But Ray totally he hears it. He catches her. She she's totally playing her off, even though she's like still holding the phone. You know, like. Right. Well, she Crit. drops the bottle. Yes. So that, that's what's happening. Crashes, but I mean, like, even when he comes yeah. around to check on it, she's like, they're slowly putting away the phone. It's like, okay, what's up here? But yeah. Yeah. And I thought he was going to use some of that bottle because there's some good pieces on the ground. But, but I, think the, I think the ensuing scene's still pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty wild anyway, despite that. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty good. He tries to push her out the window. There's a beautiful struggle. And like I said, the, the gunplay in this movie is so good. Yeah. Uh, and she she guns him down. Nobody shoots just one shot. That's the best part. Just bah, 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 bah. And now Ellen is going to need some some defending. <laughs> it's not looking so good. And do we so- also real, real quick? I, I think it happened already, but but um, or maybe it didn't. I'm trying to remember where it happened. The the, the scene where uh, Garland's henchman, when he gets the, the guy that embezzled the money, which is one of my favorite Garth. So Garth. Yeah. 
when he kills uh what's that guy's name i can't think of the guy's name the guy that embezzles the money and he's getting on a bus you know did we get to that part yet I'm trying to remember where I, that is. I in think the sequence. we, I think we passed that already. I think we yeah. did pass it, but I, I want to mention like I'm just trying to find what I'm trying to remember what that guy's name was. But yeah, yeah, because G. Robinson's like, you got to get out of town. These guys are all mobbed up. Who do you think you stole money from? They're gonna yeah. fucking kill you. You better run. And naturally, <laughs> he shoots him through the newspaper, sitting at the bus at the bus stop. And I, yep. I don't know. Just it was it was a great that was a great scene. I, I really like that one. Like I'm saying, if someone's drunk or if someone is using a gun. It's a, the best scene in them. Or if you're punching someone, the punches yeah. are good too. Court, courtroom sequences, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. It's just like all that stuff is so good. It, it kind of makes the, some of the other stuff a bit of a shame because you know there's some there's some strong violence. I mean, I mean it's, it's definitely more violent than a bullet for Joey was. You know? Yeah, I would say so. And this was after, right? Like o- immediately after. Yeah, it was right after. I think. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, Ellen is now charged with first degree murder, and Garland he's doesn't want victor to defend ellen but victor of course he he loves his fake daughter and apparently loves her beyond that as well and he's like you know i gotta look out for her we gotta do this and also you know she may crack under pressure she may give up incriminating information that they're gonna want to know so just let me defend her we'll figure this out but it is not going well at all (laughs) and uh he real Victor realizes that he's like, I'm going to lose this case. The best thing we can. And also like Ellen's going to go down, which is the most important thing for him to stop. So right. I was like, you know what? Hey, that Garth guy, he sucks, right? Like he could do three years in the pen. Like, let's just, let's send him up. And at first Garland's like, yeah, maybe. But then he's like, nah, that guy, this guy right here in yeah. front of me, he can't, he'll crack under pressure. He, this guy has no integrity. And he's just like, Hey, if it stops me from going to jail for three years, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. So that was a nice scene. It's like, well, uh-oh, what are we going to do? Sounds like we got to take Victor out because he he's going to do what it takes by any means necessary. And he's proven that throughout the movie. So Garth, he go, decides to handle it. He now has a 100% beef with Victor. And on the way to Ellen's trial, he shoots Victor. Classic gun down. Well, well the, I guess we missed we missed there was a nice car chase, you know, a car chase scene. We at least get a car yes, chase scene. Yes, yes. And it, it, uh, there's a nice build up. I mean, it's an okay car chase scene. It, it's yeah. It's yes, fine. yeah. <laughs> it was you know, it's good to have it there. It definitely sped things up, but you know, but, uh, but the action is set up by when he he so he's getting driven around and then he gets out of the car and he's trying to get into the taxi because basically he Yes, instructs- okay, this was the goof then. This was the goof because yeah. he's with his secretary, he's right. with Inkle. And I noticed something because as we do, we love ourselves some record stores. Did you notice um, Dale's record store? I did. It comes back full circle to exactly. That. And yeah. I remember I was like, why did he go in a full circle? That's not a good idea. But that was a goof I, I read into. Um, but, but I like when the cops that are tailing him crash yes. into the car that Garth's in. And then they have that shootout. And then as he's running away, then he like wraps around the, the light pole. Like yep. that whole sequence is, is pretty great. So Garth's down. It seems like Victor is down. But no, he makes it into the courtroom. They're like, oh, where is this guy? He's running late. Unprofessional. And he's like, no, no. Uh, I'm I've, I've just been shot in the gut, as you do. Kind of, it reminded me of uh, Double Indemnity a little bit. The old, you want to talk switcheroo? He was uh, McMurray. Yeah, and and also I, I going back a, a step. Also, there's also the kind of the similar vibes with Asphalt Jungle, which makes sense because of the writer. Yeah, we'll get but, it. We'll, we'll get into okay. that. I, I highly okay. disagree with these. I, beyond just like Jane Mansfield kind of being like in a room with an older guy, like that's it. There's not much to it. It's not like there's any like bank heists or anything like that. And it's not like he's like keeping around it as as a secret. She's just like coming to work for his club. 
Well, you didn't let me finish. I had a whole, th- I, I had once, there's one scene I wanted to talk about. That was the illusion. That was all I was going to, I was going to say, please finish. All I was going to say was the sequence with, with the phone on the couch, the older man there, like that, just That's rem- it. That, that little thing reminded me of Asphalt Jungle. It's not I, a huge thing. I get thing, that. But, I get that. Yeah. But everyone else clearly felt the same way and then just ramped it up. And it's like, there's no comparison mm. to be made other than a guy helped write that script. And, uh, you know, Mansfield and Monroe were constantly compared to each other. And Yeah, like a blonde bombshell and that, you know, on the couch with the older man like that. That yeah. that was the connection that I saw. But yeah, other than that, no, I I, yeah. I agree that there's not a whole lot there, but. I mean, that's one thing watching it. I, I, that was like an instant connection for you. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of, I like, had seen like beforehand that there was comparisons. And then yeah. when that scene had happened, I was like, Oh, that's what people are talking about. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, cause naturally, of course you're going to think of it, but blown out of proportion. That's all easy. Everybody illegal is its own movie in itself. I, I don't think it's very derivative at all. I mean, that's no. one of the highest compliments I can give it, but Victor's coming in. He, he's all shot up. He calls angel to the stand. And uh, she testifies. Ray called Garland. She heard the phone call, as we all saw. They're like, this sounds good. We got what we need. Ford drops the case against Ellen. Victor collapses because, you know, we got to have some sort of uh, bad guy die here because he was awful, Victor. What a bad guy, huh? Mm-hmm. And he's dying. And he goes, Ellen, next time I tell you to marry somebody, don't listen to me. Father's order. But he's going to die, so huh? there won't yeah. be a next time, old man. Ha, yep. ha, ha. All right. Uh, this movie. Uh, <laughs> so what do you think? It's everything I don't want in a film noir other than the cast. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's This one's a loose one for sure. But I can see enough of why it's considered. But it's definitely more of like courtroom, melodrama, mob stuff. But again, great cast. But beyond that, you know, it's like I found it to be like a good, bad movie or a bad, good movie. Like, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. You yeah, know, like enjoyable. I, yeah, yeah, I, I never I was bored. Watching it. I was yeah. never, it's a great running time. Hour 27. Yeah, it's just, you know, in terms of the podcast we do and, and you know, the stuff that I want to elevate film noir wise, I would, you know, I wouldn't say I, I would even say out of the combo. I prefer the big steel. It's a little more fun. But another mm-hmm. very light noir. I mean. If you're looking for film noir, I don't really recommend this, but I would say you're not going to regret getting this, especially if you like end up getting into it. But this one in particular, like while I would say maybe I enjoyed Big Steel a little more just because breezy and fun and I love seeing Mitchum and Greer together. Right. Um, this is the better movie. Like it is a well plotted movie. Yeah. Well acted, great dialogue. Like I don't have complaints. It's just more like as far as film noir goes, it's not my favorite kind, but it was... Very, again, very watchable, good stuff. I give it five out of ten. G. Robinsons. Okay. Yeah, like I, I, you know, I'm not bummed. I watch this at all. Like I, I had a great time at many moments. And it's enjo- it's enjoyable. And I, I think some of it, it's like, yeah, I mean, obviously, like the film noir. It's a lot of the you know cast of characters that you get. It's also you know and the gun downs. Oh, the gun downs, and then there's like, like the you know the the dealings with the mob, but also like. A little bit of, I, I wouldn't call it confusing, but some of the tangled webs of like, you know, with uh, Albert Decker's character as as uh, Garland and some of like the, just the, you know, you got the, the the gunman henchman that goes out and does stuff. Like there's, you know, there's elements there. I mean, it, it's not exactly. like- Exactly, I'm not saying it's, it's not, not a hard world detective story, you know, it's not like that, but it's- It's just it's, even more like, I don't want to follow a lawyer 
in a film noir too much. Like, you know, like I don't want to see too many court. I mean, I, they happen, but I don't want to just be in the courtroom that much. I think um, this is this is if if of as far as like lawyer film noir go, this is probably about as much as I want. Like yeah. as as far as like I'm cool with like just watching this one. Like I'm yeah. Good. I'm like, trying not it, to disparage this movie because I liked it. Like I didn't yeah. hate it. I really, I really did like it. And there's stuff in this movie that's like special and and I will think about and you know, like I'm, I'm happy I have it. And now having seen both films in this set, they're both great. fun. Yeah, they're, they're both, both fun. fun. There's some fun special features on this one, uh mm. going into you know, lawyer scenes from movies and, and who this was based off of. We'll get into that. And then, um, yeah, like Nina Foch does a commentary on here. Like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't get that far. I didn't listen to it, but it, it exists. Yeah. And then they're just talking a little bit about Lee. I mean, like there's something here for sure. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, if you come in, come in with a different mindset, it'd be like, you know, if you just caught this on TV, I think it'd be like a really good time. Yeah. I just, I don't want to say seek it out, but I don't want to say run away from it. It's just like, you know, if you see this thing for like five or under, go for it, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Also, you mentioned something about double indemnity. It's something I forgot to mention real quick that I watched yesterday because yesterday was uh, Ann Savage's birthday. Oh. And I and, and I didn't, I found out that, uh, so she was in a movie with Hugh Beaumont from Leave oh. it to Beaver fame, yeah. uh, which was called uh, Apology for Murder. And originally it was supposed to be titled Single Indemnity because it came out in 1945 and they were trying to like cash in on Double Indemnity. And the plot I do remember is, the title. The plot is very similar, but, it's, but it was put out by PRC, which put out Detour. It's got Ann Savage again. It's only like an hour six. So wow. the print, the print was like some short. Yeah, the print was not super great, but it was wild. It was like, I mean, it, it's wild how close it is to double indemnity but the some of like the wrinkles in it are so ridiculous that it made it enjoyable enough itself like not necessarily a great movie by any stretch yeah um you know i would say detour is still immensely better than it but it was it was fascinating to watch and i I, again i i was like seeking out because i'd heard of it and since it was a birthday i'm like let me just see if i can find it somewhere on the internet and sure enough it's on prime so i was like i was like let me just watch it and yeah it was it was a trip man i'll look into it that sounds interesting yeah i mean if it's on prime yeah, I mean, maybe we at some point we can do it. Uh, it's a fun. It was a fun little quick one. So we'll see, Dan. We got a lot coming up. I, I know it's speaking tough. of what's coming up. I did schedule us for end of April. I put Scarlet Street on on the list because okay. I feel like we haven't done Edward G. Robinson justice. I mean, he's a, a film noir staple, and yet we, other than Double Indemnity, we really haven't shown why. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd like to, and, and it's been a minute. You know, I I, I think we we'd like to show why he's so great. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always on board for Edward G. Robinson. I like, where, I'd give you that his... news as well, but I just want everyone to, to look forward to. Uh, we got a little something coming up. We're, we're going to do a little justice for him. I mean, I'm glad at least in this one, I feel like it, as much as this is kind of like a low budget and it's a weird time, I'm sure you'll you'll have some info about it coming up. But yeah, like, I mean, that, that, I think he shines really well in this movie. Like, I think he's great in it. That like, is I, something that should be mentioned is, um, you know, he was gray listed at this time. Yeah. Because they, you know, they were the HUAC was really going after him. They really wanted him, but mm-hmm. there wasn't much to go on. Hollywood kept him working, but they weren't giving him great stuff. So it's like you kind of have to keep that in mind, too. It is like, right. Everyone involved is like better than what they're working on. So, I mean, it makes something that's like, mm-hmm. OK, even better. I mean, like the writers, everyone's just kind of like giving like, look, we're not expecting much of this. Do what you can. And in that regard, they they really succeeded with what they were given. So, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of you got to give a lot of credit to this one, you know, despite right. 
despite what it is, you, you got to keep in mind what, what they were dealing with and the, the handicaps they were given. So mm-hmm. in a that lot of context, absolutely. That's, that's what we do here. Um, it, boy, jam packed. And like I said, I went to the spits last night, so I have plenty of fun facts. They may appear in a weird order. Forgive me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a chance to throw them together all neat. Like, but there is a fun little cameo in this movie, Dan, from an old, uh, old friend. Did, did you recognize it? No. Okay, so uh, when G. Robinson goes into Ralph Ford's office, you can see the Maltese Falcon on the bookcase in the entrance door. I did not see that. I actually had that. That was one thing that was spoiled for me about this movie. I saw in a group, someone posted it like a month ago, and I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'll look out for that. And yeah, it's there. It's beautiful. So neat. That out to the Falcon. Good to see it. (laughs) Good to have an excuse to say Falcon again. (laughs) Uh, As we said, the art collection we were going to talk about that all comes from Edward G. Robinson. He was a, a big mm-hmm. art collector. There's some big stuff in there. He's got some Degas in there, uh, some Duran, and also his wife, Gladys Lloyd. She did two paintings in there, but no one can actually figure out which ones they were and, and where they are, but they're there apparently. Yeah. I guess they, they were like, yeah, sure. We'll take your wife's paintings. And I don't know, Google them. Maybe we could find her, her talents. Yeah. As far as Jane Mansfield goes, this was not her first movie, like people say. Um, she had appeared on screen once before in Pete Kelly's Blues in 1955. And then uh, she had also filmed a small role in Female Jungle in 1954, but was released in 1956. But this is Warner Brothers. This was the big one. This was a this is where everybody saw her and she just blew up. And, and this was actually one of her only like serious roles. You know, she did a lot of lighthearted affairs. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah twenty two years old did a did a great job in this one. Poor Jane Mansfield, just one of the brutalist ends to a starlet that there ever were. And she's but, from the, the our area too. She's from Brimmar. Oh wow, okay. And, and I think she spent a lot of time in New Jersey as well. So definitely local. There you go. She was supposed to appear in um, another nightclub scene, which would have had two new songs in it. That the script it shows that that was in the script, but it was not included in the released film. So we don't know if that was actually filmed or not. Also in the script, but not in the film, was that the victim in the opening scene was to be shot while taking a bubble bath mm. uh, and then would have sunk down into the bubbles. But they didn't like that. But that'd be a fun thing to steal, you know, the free idea for you. The film was produced by Frank Rosenberg. And uh, here's a, a cool thing. You see a movie theater marquee at one point, and it shows that uh, Miracle in the Rain is going to be showing there, which was actually mm. his next movie. So it wasn't even one that had previously been out. You get a little... Yeah. Sneak preview for the uh, Rosenberg fans out there. And yeah, so the main character was loosely based on Bill Fallon, also known as the Great Mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a defense attorney in the 1920s, well known for, if you know, the 1919 World Series Black Sox scandal. Mm-hmm. He was all over that. He had successfully defended gambler Arnold Rothstein. And also, as far as G. Robinson goes, was a bit of a drunk, you know, like that part was accurate. But interesting guy. Led some, and I believe he even like threw a punt. He threw, did that punch thing. Like that was real. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know about the poison part, but the punch I believe was real. It's also interesting that there's also, this is the third adaptation of this. And, and the first one is called the mouthpiece, which I actually, that's kind of, kind of an awesome title. <laughs> oh, it's a great title. Uh, that was from 1932 and it was pre-code, mm-hmm. which yeah. could, be, could be very interesting. Yes. I'm um, fascinated. And then Why it was not? remade once again in 1940 as the man who talked too much. Well, I think they don't they don't they say mouthpiece a couple times in the movie. They do, yeah. They do. They also say illegal. Yeah. So yes, I appreciated that. Yeah. Anytime <laughs> you can get that, it's good. Yeah. 
Uh, Edward G. Robinson and Nina Foch would reunite in Cecil B. DeMille's The Ten Commandments mm-hmm. the next year. So at least they got to keep up the good work. Uh, and the $90,000 embezzled would be about $873,000 in 2020 money, which two years later probably is even more. Yeah, a lot of money. A lot of scratch. The composer, Max Steiner, he had done King Kong, Little Women, Casablanca, The mm-hmm. Searchers, Gone with the Wind. I guess he phoned this one in, though. I mean, it's a <laughs> fine score, but certainly not a classic like those. And the cinematographer, uh, Marley, John, per- <laughs> what is it? Peverell, Marley. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually one of only six cinematographers to have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, I, I did read that. That's interesting. Yeah, And like, he doesn't necessarily have a lot of big movies that you're like, oh, that movie, you know, it's like a lot of kind well, of like I, smaller titles. I don't know if he did it or someone else did it on his behalf, but Hollywood Walk of Fame, you got to pay to be on there. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. So he, he may have just uh, used this money back yeah, when they let be. cinematographers in or like, yeah, he, he did so well back then he was able to spend frivolous money on that. Maybe. But that's it. That's all I got for illegal. Uh, interesting little movie. Like I said, glad we're here. I, I, had, a, I had a blast. Cool. Yeah. Bang, bang, yeah. bang. No, I, I like it. Like I said, it's it's not, it didn't feel like boring or didn't feel like it lagged too much. I feel like it had the right amount of like, it just flowed very well and the way it progressed Absolutely. and the kind of the ebb and flow of his life of, you know, the two sides of the coin of like being on one side of the law and then descending into the, into the other side of the law and seeing what effect that has on him, both him and the people in his orbit. And I thought yeah. that was what they were able to get across with such a more low budget, net, low stakes kind of affair was, was interesting. Yeah. It was it's, interesting. it's like all successful. Like I said, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a good, bad movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's just something about it. Like I, I can't recommend it. Had a hell of a time, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair. <laughs> as you do. And let's see if we can keep up the good work. We'll see next week. We're going back to 1946. Let's do a little suspense, Dan. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. Uh, this I haven't is seen be... this in a while, so. Oh, excellent. Well, we are going to find out how suspenseful it is, but. I'm in suspense just waiting and thinking about it. For everyone out there, tell us how suspenseful you're feeling. Feel free to send an email, the real out of the podcast at gmail.com, out of the podcast on Instagram, out of the cast on Twitter. There's a Facebook out there. I see some likes pop up on that, even though it just auto posts the episodes. Oh, take it. You got to pay to do anything on Facebook. So it's just like, it's I, true. I'm just like, if you build it, they will come on that one. I think that's fair. I'm even just surprised what we've been able to pull in without spending the big bucks, those Zucker bucks. Well, it just you think that's what he pays yeah. his employees in? Zucker bucks? <laughs> Maybe. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it goes to show you. Yeah, I mean, like something can be said for, for doing it yourself and, and, you know, word of mouth. I think there's it's always... In, it's incredible. I mean, yeah. especially because you and I come from, not us separately, but us together, we come from a different world. You know, we really had to build an entirely new fan base out of nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's I mean, been some carryover, like, of friends, like, being like, oh, let's check this out, or, like, people. But, like, for the most part, it's just all new people coming in, and, and that's that's interesting, especially geezers like us that were still able to pull it off. So, yeah. well done, sir. Yeah. It's been, it's been a ride so far. 60 episodes in. Wow. Yeah. Breaking <laughs> off 60. Here's to another 60. And also, while we're toasting, hey, here's the crime. Here's the crime. Ka-ching.